My name is Vitika Patni. I'm the founder of the Art of Health in Singapore, and I'm delighted again to welcome you today for another episode of the World Ayurveda podcast series, where we've been bringing you fascinating conversations from the world of Ayurveda, speaking to entrepreneurs, doctors, researchers, and Ayurveda enthusiasts from different parts of the globe. I'm very happy today to introduce my guest, uh, who I think it's difficult to really define in just a few words because of her really illustrious uh, career and achievements. Some would know her as a powerful businesswoman. And for some others, she's an avid art collector. But what really brings her amidst us today is her passion for Ayurveda, for having created one of India's foremost Ayurvedic beauty brands, Kama Ayurveda. I'm delighted to welcome Ms. Rajshri Pathi. Namaste, Rajshri. Namaste, Ritika. I'm delighted to be on this. Um, and um, uh, Ayurveda, as you know, is very close to my heart. And, um, you know, I grew up in Coimbatore, surrounded uh, with uh, one of uh, the world's most, uh, um, the oldest Ayurvedic uh, treatment center, actually, which is the Ayurvedic um, Pharmacy AVP. And uh, I remember even when I was like eight years old, you know, my uh, mother taking me to see um, uh, Sri P.S. Uh, Ramavarir those years and uh, sitting on, you know, he used to be uh, meeting us in uh, sitting in a tiny little room with just a dhoti and, um, you know, all kinds of portions on the table. And he would do the nadi. And, uh, you know, nadi is the diagnostics for uh, um, Ayurveda. And uh, he would say, okay, you, you, you got a chest cold and he'd shake up something in a few minutes and we'd drink it. Of course, when we were younger and, uh, you know, we used to detest that taste of all those uh, kashayans, all those portions. But we lived on it. We breathed Ayurveda. And every Sunday was the day when we would put Neeli Bringadi on our hair and uh, then wait for an hour and then have a full body massage with all the Ayurvedic oils and uh, then have hot water which has been boiled for hours uh, with firewood and all the herbs and all the leaves and everything and wash off. And so Sunday was a weekly ritual. And when our babies were born, you know, for three months, we would get somebody from um, the Ayurvedic center to uh, massage and get us all back into shape and also massage the little babies, the newborn babies. They would put them on their feet and then massage their legs to increase blood circulation. So for me, I mean, I grew up with Ayurveda. It's an integral part of my childhood. So we've lived, breathed, used Ayurveda ever since we were children. That is such a fascinating description of uh, using Ayurveda in your day-to-day -day life. So no wonder that you were inspired to then create uh, Kama, you know, as you grew, uh, grew up. Uh, but Rajshri, you of course have had the heritage of Ayurveda all around you growing up in Coimbatore. Uh, how do you now ensure in today's kind of, you know, more modern times with people traveling all over the globe, how do you ensure that this rich heritage of Ayurvedic rituals and knowledge uh, is transferred to your children and they continue to use it? You know, this is a good question. And um, the reason I started Kama and the idea of Kama was born because I felt 
that you know my own cousins even in my generation or my my children when i had the children growing up um they were getting far away from uh, ayurveda they were all getting into you know all these fc fmcg kind of uh, you know shampoos and um, body lotions and everything because ayurveda and the ayurvedic treatments were very cumbersome you know they were either smelly or too oily and um, and you know they were not uh, uh, well packaged you couldn't carry them with you so i felt that you know as a user and a beneficiary of ayurvedic treatments that how can i make it more accessible to the next generation how can i do something in this vast you know, pool of uh, legacy that we we have in this country how can i be how can i make a difference so that's how the idea of karma was born and we focused on precisely this what does the modern day user require what is the demand of this modern day society and what is the requirement for a modern day lifestyle when everyone is traveling when people are living in smaller homes people are living in apartments people are you know having to share bathroom spaces you can't have your whole um, house smelling of uh, you know uh, bengali oil or you can't go out smelling you know and so on and also you can't have you know you need to have packaging and and so the first um uh, thought was how do we make ayurveda A, a a product of ayurveda without removing the efficacy making it as authentic uh, as the true product and and making a a a a packaging developing a packaging that would be appealing at the same time retain the um, efficacy because you can't put everything uh, all ayurvedic oils in transparent bottles and so on if you can see this is our bringadi and the bringadi is in this brown color bottle and this is because this oil and the herb in this oil is being distilled for months before it comes into this package and this has to be the shelf life has to last for about a year it has to be retained in this kind of a bottle in this color of a bottle so you know and and how do we how do we brand it so you know someone like you for instance you are much younger you are the next generation and um uh, how would you how would you want uh, uh, to why would you want to buy this product so so we thought a lot about keeping how do we keep the legacy the legacy is kept in the branding the designing you know even the the uh, copper goldish kind of cover which was patented by us because it didn't exist this color and to create this sense of luxury and also if you can see this is the avp symbol you know this is the what where karma stands apart from every other ayurvedic product in the world is because we are partners with one of the oldest ayurvedic uh, manufacturers in the world so all of this is what makes karma the brand wow 
uh, that's almost like this short masterclass in uh, Ayurvedic entrepreneurship uh, with all, all of those ideas. But what was the genesis of this idea, Rajshri? You know, I'm sure you were inspired through a series of events growing up in your life. But what was that one moment uh, which led you to really create Kama? Uh, and then I, I'd also really like to know that how did the name Kama really come about? Okay, I mean, you were asking me for my Eureka moment. Um, you know, we were celebrating a birthday in Coimbatore, one of my special birthdays. And I had um, uh, three friends visit me from Delhi. And uh, I think every one of uh, them was looking to do something different from what they were doing. And uh, we are very good friends. And uh, I was discussing this with them. And I said, look, um, you know, why don't I have this idea? And I can put the collaboration with AVP together. Um, can, can we all do this together? One of them uh, who currently uh, manages um, uh, the, uh, the Kama business, uh, Vivek Sani, who is a very well-reputed um, graphic designer with a great sense of aesthetics. The other partner, Vikram Goel, he came in um, uh, from New York. He was working with uh, Morgan Stanley. So he had the whole you know, international um, uh, flavor about him, the internationality of uh, finances and so on. And then another partner was Dave Chang, who had a great sense of um, smell and also aesthetics uh, and so on. So, and I had the whole Ayurvedic uh, background. At that point, none of these um, Delhi friends had any idea of Ayurveda or, or knew um, about uh, Ayurvedic treatments, um, but they all, we all came in with collective strengths and we put our heads down and said, okay, um, let's create a brand that is a world-class brand. So we never ever compromised on authenticity, on, um, on the uh, product, on the packaging, on anything. And you know, you, you know, Kama. So that was a Eureka moment. It was coming together of several um, uh, collective strengths and all of us remain very good friends and partners in this business. Um, I couldn't take on a full-on responsibility uh, because I had other uh, uh, business responsibilities, um, but that was the Eureka moment. Great. What was the other question? I think you asked me another question. I lost I, it. I, I wanted to know where the name really came about, you know. Okay. So again, uh, we thought of many names, but we said, you know, um, what do we want the user to feel? Because karma has to be an experiential product. Karma has to give the user an experience. So what is it that we can portray in, in, um, in the product and in the packaging and in the branding. So we said Karma has to be a luxury product. First of all, we have to take Ayurveda out of the connotation and the, the popular uh, understanding that it's just, you know, a very uh, sort of, it's, 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 it's an oily, smelly product. And we need it, therefore, to make it a luxury product. And um, it never existed. Until Kama happened, the world did not have a, a, a Ayurvedic luxury product. So we came up with, so we asked ourselves, what would be the right sentiment or emotion when somebody wants to buy a Kama product? And we said, desire. 
we want everyone to desire uh, our product we want everyone to look at it on the shelf and say i want it so we came we decided on karma easy globally acceptable and um, simple and yet has this wonderful connotations that everything karma stands for love desire luxury opulence old world ancient traditional culture all of it and something that could resonate in everybody's minds anywhere in the world you know yes that's wonderful that also i think it really embodies your passion uh for the brand and the products um today rajesh if you see the world is really moving to clean uh and natural beauty trends you see that mm-hmm. around you globally you know sustainability really is the theme for this decade and people are realizing the importance of uh using clean products this of course has, uh, has always been true to the essence of ayurvedic beauty rituals which were always uh you know about clean and natural beauty so what opportunities do you see today for uh, ayurveda beauty brands uh, in the world i see that it's going to be an enormous uh, growth um, i think more and more people are uh, open now to integrating uh, ayush practices or ayurvedic practices into their rituals and i think the awareness has grown i mean if you ask me about you know what has been one of the positive things that have come out of covid i think people have had the time to ask themselves you know what is good for me what is good for me and they've had the time because they don't have to get on to flights or you know be running around they've had time to really ask themselves what is good for my body what is good for my mind i, I mean please understand ayurveda is a holistic um uh, philosophy of uh you know healing it has many components it's just not what you put on your face or what you just drink in ayurveda is a system of nurturing yourself it's a system of healing a system of creating well being and largely it's preventive treatments allopathy is not preventive there's a big difference in it and therefore when you ask me what is the future i mean i can i can only envision of a much larger percentage of users of of natural products and ayurveda being a large component of it because you can't take away 5000 years of of a, of a data of the data based uh, scientific way of curing and people are also looking into the mind body balance um, you know for themselves people are getting away from sleeping pills people are uh, thinking about meditation people are meditating there are te- technologically advanced tools for meditation that incorporate you know meditative sounds uh, from our ancient uh, texts mantras and so on and and you know so it's holistic and so then they ask themselves what can i what can i put on my face or what can i eat that that is all you know all already there and it's it's called ayurveda so the ayurveda now thanks to cross cultural interactions a more open society which is not judgmental and also the openness to accept you know alternate ways of healing absolutely um, so 
you know, you were one of the first persons, like you said, Kama was one of the first brands to really put Ayurveda out there in front of consumers uh, mm -hmm. in a manner that was aspirational. Uh, and we've come a long way since then. What is your message today for aspiring entrepreneurs uh, who are looking at Ayurveda as, uh, you know, a sector that they want to work in? Okay, so... Um... I, I, I get many, many uh, inquiries on LinkedIn, on Facebook, saying that, you know, um, uh, we want to talk to you or we want to know, can you be our mentor and so on. The first thing I say is, do you know what Ayurveda stands for? Whatever you produce has to be true to the philosophy of Ayurveda. If you want to be successful. The reason Kama is successful globally is because we've been authentic. We have kept the promise of Ayurveda in every drop, in every lotion, in every drop, in every bottle that we produce. We need responsible entrepreneurs. We need responsible manufacturers with good manufacturing processes. And I think staying true to the philosophy, taking time to understand it and reading something about it, experiencing it before you know, you just decide to take something and put it in a bottle and call it Ayurveda doesn't make you successful as an entrepreneur. So that is my only message. Every entrepreneur, please, the more the better, but we want to put out what is really the true philosophy of Ayurveda in everything we make. Wonderful. Uh, like I said, sustainability is the theme for the decade. So uh, I think uh, responsible entrepreneurship uh, goes very well with that. And, you know, how do you really use business as a force for good, uh, as they say? So mm -hmm. um, actually, one of the things that you mentioned uh, in the beginning was your association with uh, AVP or Ayurveda mm -hmm. Pharmacy, which is one of yeah. India's oldest Ayurvedic institutions. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, you know, led by Dr. Krishna Kumarji uh, for so many years. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of us who are closely involved in the Ayurveda world know that uh, unfortunately he passed away yes. uh, just uh, you know, a few weeks back. And uh, since you worked closely with him, how mm -hmm. would you remember his legacy? You know, for me, um, he was a spiritual brother, a guide and someone I would always go to uh, for any kind of physical um, issue that I had or my family had. He would be the first person I'd pick up. If I had any problem, you know, I would go to him for his advice. Now, that was a very personal relationship that I have with him. And, you know, I continue to have it with several members of the family who have taken on the legacy after his passing away. It was deeply emotional for me, um, uh, you know, to, to have him gone. Um, anyway, so what he's done is phenomenal. First of all, right as early as 1977, he implemented a seven and a half year curriculum for Ayurvedic studies and affiliated it first to the University of Madras and then later to the Bharatiya University. And this course introduced Ayurvedic studies along with components of spiritual practices. Because Ayurveda, spiritual practices, yoga and teachings all really embody this whole science of healing. And, and he was worked very closely 
with uh, the government of India and its department, um, you know, and uh, science and the department of uh, science and technology, the department of environment, all of that, wherever he could, he introduced uh, the importance and the relevance of Ayurveda in their um, in their research. Um, I could talk to you for an hour about it, but nevertheless, you know, he he believed though that whatever uh, his institution did had to be backed up with verifiable scientific data that's collected from the clinic and from the patients they treated for every disease, including cancer. I have personally met patients who's, you know, who have been declared, you know, um, uh, you know, dead literally uh, with cancer. You know, people who have had organs removed. Um, and I've met these people and, and they've come with x-rays and with uh, allopathic, um, uh, you know, senior institutions saying that they have six months to live. And I have watched their progress over years and how they've emerged as, you know, cancer free. And I mean, I can tell you on as a first person is not here say because I go to uh, AVP every year. So over several years, I've met the same people coming and, you know, had conversations with him. So one of his main um, uh, contributions, I must say, is that he has now made it global. He's taken Ayurveda global and one must give him singular credit for tying up with countries like Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, Latvia, Switzerland, and UK, and the US, Singapore, Malaysia, all these countries, um, and integrated Ayurveda into their clinical research studies. And documentation, as we speak, is continuing to happen. So this is what he did, not being just a practitioner or running a, a manufacturing unit or a clinic, or an education center, he actually documented cures and therapies for, for the world to understand Ayurveda much better and not question its, its uh, use or question its uh, sustainability. Thank you, Rajshri, for that. Uh, I think one, one of the things that we realize, uh, you know, uh, with Krishna Kumarji's passing away is also uh, the huge shoes he's left, uh, you know, which need to be filled in terms of the work that has to be done for Ayurveda as we move ahead uh, into this coming decade. So uh, with, with your background, uh, you know, of having seen Ayurveda over the years, what, according to you, is the future of Ayurveda? How would you envision the future of Ayurveda over this coming decade in 2030? Uh, Ritika, I think we are on a, a very good uh, situation in India now because uh, the Modi government actually uh, plans to roll out a one nation, one health system policy by 2030 which would integrate modern and traditional systems of medicine like allopathy, homeopathy, Ayurveda in medical practice, education and research. So he, the government is committed to it. The Modi government is committed to this. And I think that is a first step towards integrating uh, pluralistic uh, methods of uh, treatments. And I think that is a big, great big crossover. You know, there are challenges, of course. 
because every every system of medicine wants to protect itself they they put in uh, barriers of entry they put in um, you know um, systems of control there are legal issues regulations export um, conditions to export Uh, certain herbs and so on even in karma we face all these things all the time certain countries want very many certificates and every ingredient that goes into uh, into uh, into an ayurvedic oil needs to be you know uh, identified and permissions to be granted and even in some places we still can't um, uh, sell some of the products but with india actually making it and forming a framework for this integration i think is a great step forward now for instance if a patient comes to a hospital they can be given allopathic treatment if their condition is serious but now i mean why can't they also be given homeopathic or ayurvedic treatment in the same hospital if their doctor is knowledgeable about these systems and says okay let's try this first before we move on to something more harsher of course you know as i said you know allopathy has you have a lot of investment into uh, research for allopathic medicines the companies have invested hugely there are stakeholders so it's not an easy path but i think the path is set and i think we are crossing one one barrier it's important that governments have formally uh, included it in their in their uh, uh, and recognized ayurveda in many countries as as a uh, treatment that is the first step so with that i think it's it's great and uh, you know um, uh, with the one nation one health system policy uh, you know there are four working groups which are made now to to uh, discuss education research clinical practice public health and administration and and how you know ayurveda is integrated into all these things education is very important without education and spreading it around everywhere ayurvedic education you cannot have good vaidyans good doctors they have to be global and i myself have met so many good vaidyans ayurvedic vaidyans coming in from various parts of the world in, with krishna kumar ji so it's happening and it's happening for the good it's happening for the good of humanity absolutely that's uh thank you for sharing that vision uh, rajshri of course the government is doing some great work and there are also uh, you know other examples in the form of other systems of traditional medicine which have been integrated into uh, modern medicine mm-hmm. practices uh, in other countries where uh, you know we can learn from and try and also uh, mm-hmm. you know implement those lessons uh, you know in india and around the world to ensure that ayurveda becomes a part of uh, an integrative model of healthcare Mm-hmm. uh we'll uh we'll conclude rashi with uh, a few really quick questions you can give me answers in you know okay. a few words uh so how would you describe uh the following in one word ayurveda okay. well being kama desire <laughs> uh beauty soul okay so what is the one ayurveda beauty practice that you think absolutely everybody should follow I think everybody should take 3 weeks off to go and do a therapy and full ayurvedic body cleansing therapy at any good ayurvedic center which includes abhyangam uh, your navratri your nasyam 
Sirovati, Pilichal, depending on the recommendation of the Ayurvedic uh, physician who is taking care of them. It, 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 and, and I think the, the medicated oils penetrating your body, rejuvenating every uh, cell in your body, uh, removing the toxins. I think every one of us can take those three weeks out and we have to do it for ourselves. This is one Ayurvedic practice. Do it anywhere. I mean, India has so many authentic centers, you know, at different levels, different locations. Even abroad, Europe is offering Ayurvedic treatments. You know, the East is offering Ayurvedic treatments. I mean, Thailand has Ayurveda. They, have, they also follow Ayurveda, you know. So I think it's very important. That's one practice that increases longevity, mental health, and organ rejuvenation. Fantastic. What is the one Ayurveda beauty ritual, you know, something special that you have passed on to your kids? I swear on the Bringadi oil. You know, I haven't, I haven't lost hair. And <laughs> I, I use the Bringadi oil every week. And to me, this is something that I, even my son, who, you know, um, he's a guy and and uh, he uses this every Sunday. And uh, he's seen that hair loss is, uh, you know, is far less and stop. And there are studies, by the way, and you can Google it. There's a study that minoxidil and bringadi um, has been used uh, to, for, for testing, um, you know, patients with uh, hair loss. And it's one of the uh, major institutions in the US. Um, and I cannot recall which one, but one of the leading institutions and it's on the net that they found that people using Bringadi, the hair loss was stopped far quicker than using minoxidil. Fantastic. Yes, for, uh, for our listeners, minoxidil is the commonly used uh, treatment which is prescribed for uh, you know, preventing and arresting hair loss. So that's a really good tip out there for anyone looking for simple, easy, clean Ayurveda-based solutions. And my final question to you, Rajshree, is uh, what is your favorite uh, Kama product? We may already know the answer, but... <laughs> okay, no, I might surprise you. It's my Kumkumadi face scrub. Okay. It's the Kumkumadi face scrub that I use twice a day. And I've been using it since we, we manufactured it. it this comes um, with, um, you know, um, a natural scrub. And um, as you can see, it is mixed with the Kumkumadi oil for skin brightening and for uh, tightening um, skin, uh, the skin. And as you get older, it just is an amazing, amazing product. You can just take a little bit and uh, you know, it's a good face scrub. As you can see, it has granules and you just put it on and massage it. And in, in a few seconds, wash it off with warm water and you just see all your black spots, your darkening, all of this disappears. Um, this is an amazing product, something I've used for years now and twice a day to wash my face. Fantastic. I hope there are a lot of users who are now going to visit the website and, uh, you know, in today's times of e-commerce, uh, e uh, order some of these beautiful uh, products that you have recommended and that you swear by. Uh, thank you once again, Rajshree. That was a really interesting, fascinating conversation. We are very, very grateful for your time. Thank you once again. Namaste. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thanks for spreading the word of Ayurveda all over the world. Thank you so much.